Counseling outside abortion facilities is an 11th hour effort to save lives. We know that most parents won't choose life after they come to the abortion center and will often kill their babies, even despite our best efforts. How can we have effective sidewalk interaction with parents? And what changes now that we've overturned Roe versus Wade? You'll find out today on The Mark Harrington Show. Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can support our work by going to createdequal.org. Just click on the right side. There's a little donate link there, and you can subscribe to the program on all the popular podcasting platforms. And if you like the program, leave a five-star review, would you? We'd really appreciate that so more people will be able to follow your radio activists. So today we want to talk about this ever-changing post-Row America. It seems like every day I wake up and there's something new. I'm still pinching myself a little bit that we actually are in this phase. I was one of those who didn't think maybe this was going to happen until the last several years. And then I began to believe, and eventually it did on June 24th. And Thankfully, we were able to celebrate that with our team together here in Columbus. And then we went to Washington, D.C., and I was on the Supreme Court steps three days later. And so it's been really an exciting time for our movement. And but, you know, we all know the work is still before us, much of it anyway. And we're still trying to figure out how to navigate these new these new waters, if you will. And so in order to give a little more uh, insight into that. Uh, I have as my guest today, Lauren Musica, and she is the founder, president, and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And they train and equip and support communities across the United States and the world in sidewalk advocacy. Uh, they are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in front of these abortion centers, and they offer loving, life-affirming alternatives to all who are at these facilities. And Lauren, thanks for being on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. Great to be with you. Happy post-Row America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great It's great to, to be part of all of this. Uh, Lauren, you know, we, we Siwa Council here in our own city here in Columbus at Planned Parenthood. So we have a lot of experience with this as, as well, but I think a lot of people listening to the program probably don't. Uh, they might wonder, what what is sidewalk counseling? What is sidewalk advocacy. If you would give us a brief uh, kind of understanding of what it looks like to be on a sidewalk and present the information that you present there at Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Yeah. Well, we as sidewalk advocates see ourselves as the first face really of the pregnancy health movement, being able to mm -hmm. stand in the gap and go to abortion facilities, go to right where abortions are taking place and offer women and men in crisis, those loving life affirming alternatives. You know, I was just sharing this with someone the other day that I marvel that in the over 20 years that I've been on the sidewalk talking to abortion bound women and men, almost nobody knows that a pregnancy center literally may be right next door down the street, mm -hmm. ready to go to bat for them and their child and their family. Right. Of course, we know there's right. never a good reason to take the life of a child, but you know, it's amazing to me how people arrive there thinking that this is their only choice or right. uh, they have, you know, no choice but to take the life of their child. And so it's really a beautiful thing that those of us, people of faith and conscience can go to these places 
and let people know at that very last moment that there is hope, help, options, and resources waiting for them. And what I really love about you guys is that you include the gospel. Uh, yeah. You know, you're a spiritually focused organization. Not that we can't just deal with the abortion issue in a in a more secular way. I, you know, obviously there's times and places for that, but you include that as a central, uh, I guess, belief in your work. Although that's not your first presentation to a woman who's considering abortion, right? I mean, yeah. you're obviously having to go a different direction in order to reach her. Would you explain how that works? Sure. Um, we share the same heart. Our ultimate goal for every woman, man, every eternal soul that we meet at the abortion facility is to get them into relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, the great right. physician who can really heal mm -hmm. them in their situation. Um, but our Lord modeled this so well that a lot of times her heart is not open to the spiritual need unless we, you know, first offer to fill that physical need. You know, this is what good missionaries do when they go overseas is they say, you know, do you have running water? <laughs> do you have food? You know, do you right. speak the language? Right. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we really follow the pattern of our Lord in being there to fill these, these needs. And then the heart is more open to hearing about really what is their greatest need, which is to be in relationship with him. The only one that can really solve their problem and fill their needs. Well, I want to transition a little bit here. And unfortunately we can't get a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time to go into the depth about your work. But friends, if you want to find out about uh, Sidewalk Advocates for Life, or better said, how to properly, winsomely present the information at an abortion center and do it in a way that can be effective in reaching young parents who are considering abortion, I just exhort you to go to the website. There's training materials there that you can follow along with. And if you have questions, you can just contact Sidewalk Advocates for Life for kind of the do's and don'ts on how to do this, because they really know better than anybody in the country and probably the world on how to do this. Uh, they have 240 locations. Uh, Mr. Producer, put that map up. I think that's hugely impressive that you have that many. I don't know how you handle that many chapters or, or whatever we want to call them, but that seems like a lot, a lot of work. Uh, obviously, the Lord has been blessing your work. Uh, when I was thinking, you know, as, as we transition into this post-Roe America, uh, so many unknowns, right? We, we really didn't. There's certain things we did know, but there's some things we didn't know. We knew that there were going to be some states that would probably move quickly to outlaw abortion or the, the laws that were on the books that were struck down prior to uh, or, or when Roe was uh, handed down by the U.S. Supreme Court. Those sprung back into effect. We have trigger laws that are coming online now. State of Ohio, in which I reside, the Harpy Law is the law of the state and being enforced. And as these things start happening and abortion clinics or abortion centers are closing, it kind of changed the landscape a little bit because you were fighting a 50 state battle before. I don't know if that's still the case. So I kind of want to just get your take on what are you doing differently, if anything, now that Roe v. Wade's been overturned? Yeah, well, one of the questions that a ministry partner approached me with is, you know, in post for America, Lauren, do you guys fold up and you go home? And it's like, no, like you said <laughs> yeah, so people well. said that to us. I'm like, wait a minute. Our work is far from over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A lot of people don't understand the law and that's okay. It's an opportunity to let people know really what's right. going on. But we do have this 50 state battle, kind of 50 unique um, battles. And even with the ones that have completely outlawed it, we want it to stay that way. Right. Right, um, right. There's this seismic shift that is going on in sidewalk outreach. So if you're in an abortion restricted states, 
we are mm -hmm. seeing great use of these facilities that we've termed properly uh, abortion referral facilities. So a lot of these former uh -huh. abortion facilities, these Planned Parenthood outpost clinics are now serving a very prominent role in post-Roe America, referring women across state lines. So women are still going to Planned Parenthood in uh, states where it's illegal or greatly restricted, trying to figure out what to do about an unexpected pregnancy. Of course, unexpected pregnancy didn't end in post-Roe America, right? So they're right. trying to get women across state lines. In Houston, Texas, $300 gas gift cards are being given to women to travel mm. across state lines to get an abortion so that they can still make money off of them. We mm. are seeing that women are actually pausing to consider life-affirming help much more because it's not readily available. So we mm. had a day on the sidewalk a few weeks ago in Houston where more than a dozen, I mean, we saw 18 total that went on this mobile ultrasound unit were positive that 14 were actually there to receive a referral across state lines. But anyways, 18 women boarded this mobile ultrasound unit in five and a half hours. That is a record from a sidewalk outreach perspective. Mm. And what our leader on the ground said, it, it was the Texas law that get, got women to pause a little bit more. Hey, before you go across mm. state lines, try our services. And then the second thing was just good sidewalk outreach, being able to offer this help. Right. So, so in so in these states where abortion has been severely restricted or outlawed altogether, what you're yep. telling me is Planned Parenthood has not pulled up. Now, I understand that a lot of the, the standalone unaffiliated uh, abortion centers have. In fact, I think the number the last time I checked was somewhere in the 40s uh, of the abortion centers that have closed around the country. But you're right. telling me that Planned Parenthood is staying open in these states like Texas. Right. That's right. And even some of the independent providers that are part of bigger chains, we like if you take Houston, for example, we know at right. least three that a couple of them aren't even Planned Parenthood facilities. They literally have on their website. If you go to the website, they'll say we are doing abortion referrals. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable okay. to me. So they're making money off of women, at least at their other facilities. Or like if you go to Columbus, Georgia, where Diane Dursey owns that facility, she's referring you all the way over to Virginia to her other facility. Mm. So it is very fascinating. Like, I mean, even from their perspective, if they really believe this is helping women, well, why wouldn't you send her to Florida? Why wouldn't you send her to, no, they're trying to make money off of her still. So oh, sometimes we're throwing this money at her and saying, hey, we'll get y'all set up at our facility over here in this state. It is really fascinating. So what yeah. I'm telling you, what, what you're telling me, though, is that you are still having a presence outside of these facilities in states where abortion is severely restricted or even banned, right? That's right. I mean, you're still counseling. You're still advocating there. Yep. Yeah, we're getting all of our teams that are in abortion-restricted states to shift to their next nearest abortion referral facility and to watch. A lot of them mm. have transition the same facility they're going to the same facility but it's now operating as an abortion referral site interesting mr producer if you put up that map uh, the life site news map that shows the uh, current scenarios as far as it goes as far as the laws go uh, let's just paint i want to paint a it's not a hypothetical because here in ohio for an example we have the heartbeat law in effect and yeah. for all intents and purposes abortion is is outlawed past six weeks. They, the abortion facilities here in Ohio are sending people, uh, young women to Michigan and mostly Pennsylvania. Yeah. So in that kind of a scenario, what are you doing? I know what you're doing, say, at like our Planned Parenthood, you're, you would still be there. 
But what are you doing in states that are these abortion destination states now? Uh, you know, more uh, you could call them abortion havens, if you will. Right, what are right. you reallocating resources to these locations? Yeah, we're spending a lot of time with them to try to figure out how we can best serve women from out of state. You know, on okay. the ground, we're referring to the pregnancy center in town because trying to get her into the arms of someone who can do that crisis management, even share that spiritual message with her. If we didn't get a chance on the sidewalk, that's so important. And then we're trying to have a continuum of a continuum of care back home. So she may start at the local pregnancy center there. And then through, you know, optionline.org, pregnancydecisionline.com, you know, we have Heartbeat International and uh, CareNet that operate these great, you know, systems all over the country, uh, pregnancy centers, we can easily kind of continue that care through those resources. Um, but it's a tall order. When a woman has come all the way across state lines, it's a harder yeah. sell. And so we're yeah. actually looking at maybe covering travel back home or other things that may get her to pause just that much more. Gotcha. In Columbus, we still have a Planned Parenthood surgical facility operating here uh, that performs abortions under six weeks, but we also have a, uh, a chemical abortion center as well. And I want to talk about the pill abortion challenge because I think we've all been seeing this coming for a long time. And increasingly, the abortion industry is moving to using pill abortions over and above surgical abortions for the most part. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that we're going to keep seeing this limit go up. You know, it's at 11 weeks. Now it's going to go to 12, 13, what have you. Uh, how and this is, you know, I'm trying to get my hand, hands around this problem because you don't necessarily have a brick and mortar facility where you can counsel out front of in a lot of times because it's done over the Internet in a Zoom meeting with some maybe medical professional. You might end up go to your pharmacy and pick up the abortion drugs, or in some cases, they can mail them out. Uh, can you give me an idea of what your thoughts are and how we're going to be able to combat this in a post-Roe America? Because you could imagine, even when abortion was legal, they were moving towards this. Now with abortion, uh, at least the Roe v. Wade being overturned, they ought to be thinking probably this is where they're moving at light speed. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. I think we're all still trying to get our arms around this. Like, what does this really look like? Um, with us being boots on the ground, you know, what yeah. I can tell you is that as we are hearing rumblings of, for example, the abortion industry saying, well, we're going to have mobile units and they're going to line up at the border in this state or that state. Right. We're always going to go to where women are and try to serve them and try to, you know, encourage them to try life affirming help instead. Um, I think that this is, uh, you know, fought in a great way on, uh, kind of the legal level, right? I mean, trying to, you mm -hmm. know, in each state, uh, make sure right. that this doesn't come across state lines. Um, I do think there's going to be a boomerang effect. One of the attorneys that Agreed. we work with in New Mexico says he's getting all these medical malpractice cases from mail order abortion causing drugs because these DIY abortions, this do-it-yourself mm -hmm. abortion at home is very traumatic to the yep. woman, right? She right. actually sees her child many, many times. Support after mm -hmm. abortion is saying their calls are skyrocketing right now with the chemical abortion. So I think you know, the abortion industry has been selling this as just a great option, order it you right. know, by mail or whatever. Uh, we think that at some point that, again, that boomerang effect, it's going to come back to, to bite them. I really do. I hate to think that it may take that before we see a little mm -hmm. bit more movement towards people understanding what the pro-life movement has been saying about this procedure for so long but it may take that. So I think we fight it on the legal level. 
I think wherever, you know, women are going to go for this pill, like if we can identify where those places are, we're going to be there. Um, but I, I have a theory that in post-Roe America, the vast majority of women, because we're, we're relational, we're talkers by nature, I, I still think a lot of women are going to go to the abortion True. referral facilities before they do even consider ordering these drugs, which is why it's so important for people to be there. Because people don't understand Roe from a, a legal perspective or, or what Dobbs did, basically. They don't understand this new landscape state law is going back and forth, back and forth, maybe in their home state. And so I think a lot of them are still going to flock to Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry to work out what they want to do about an unexpected pregnancy. So as far as the boots on the ground, we're going to be there. Wherever women are, we're going to be there. Well, and our listeners know that we are raising money currently to purchase an ultrasound mobile unit. And we were doing this prior to the Roe v. Wade decision being, uh, being overturned. And I think and we're going to be able to use it in Ohio. I think we can still use it in Ohio at the abortion centers that remain open here. But when you talk about these borders where the pro-abortion movement is starting to position their own mobile units to dispense the abortion pill, I'm, I'm starting to think in my mind to try to be creative here. Maybe we just, you know, park next to them and we're ready, you wow. know, and kind of follow yeah. them around, I guess. I, I guess that maybe that's the best way to do it. Absolutely. I mean, I hate to, you know, boil it down to this, but it, you know, it's kind of like when you go to a park and you see a food truck. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to laugh about it either, but I'm just wondering yeah. if that's really the, the, the tactical way to actually combat it. I think so. And look, I mean, we stand in front of big, bad Planned Parenthood every day in front of these mega facilities with all their million right. dollars of marketing and advertising. And resources help hope it is a powerful message um this is why we've seen by god's grace nearly eighteen thousand turnarounds in eight years on the sidewalk you know so despite being even on their turf we are seeing miracles and so i think i think we have to be there i think we have to think that way knowing what's at mm -hmm. stake my guest has been lauren musica and she is the president uh, founder and president and ceo of sidewalk advocates for life and friends, if you thought that there wasn't a role for you to be a presence in front of the abortion centers in America and a post-row America, you're wrong because there's still plenty to work to do. And I hopefully this program has given you some ways that you can get involved. And if you want to get involved with Sidewalk Advocates, they can train you to be a peaceful, um, you know, winsome, uh, you know, advocate for life and offering help and healing to women who are considering abortion. Lauren, thanks for being on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. Keep up the great work. So let's go to the mailbag. Spencer, what do we got? Uh, yes, sir. Maggie says, uh, we got what we asked for now that we're in a post-Roe America. What is the end game? Great question. A lot of people are asking that now that Roe's been overturned. Keep in mind, the pro-life movement has been fighting to overturn Roe for 49 years. So that's where we've put a lot of our effort. And so we hadn't had a whole lot of time to plan for a post-Roe America. So to be honest with you, we've been caught a little bit flat-footed. Plus, we don't have crystal balls. We can't predict the future. We do know a couple of things, and that is that states are going to end up supporting abortion, allowing abortion, making abortion legal. And there's going to be states that are going to restrict abortion or outlaw abortion. So you're going to have abortion havens. Places are destinations where women can go have their abortions. And you're going to have abortion deserts where abortion is outlawed. And that's going to be what the map looks like for the foreseeable future. So the question is, what's the end game? 
that's not the end game. Obviously, we don't want this patchwork of pro-life states versus pro-abortion states, uh, just like we did in slavery, right? We wanted to settle it once and for all. And so the way to do that, there's basically two ways, all right, we can handle this. Either one works. One will be maybe more difficult than the other. And the first way is to amend the U.S. Constitution to define the word person in the 5th and 14th Amendment to include the unborn. Just as Roe v. Wade in its decision said the unborn are not considered persons in that those amendments, the, uh, we have to amend the Constitution to protect the unborn in the U.S. Constitution. Now, that's a pretty tall order because it takes three-fourths of the states to ratify, uh, I'm sorry, to propose, and two-thirds of the U.S. Congress to ratify the amendment. And as you can imagine, in today's world, in 2022, that's going to be a really tall order to accomplish, but it is one way to get it done. There has to be some federal protection for the unborn. The other way is for the United States Supreme Court to acknowledge that the 15th, 15th, 5th and 14th Amendment already protect the unborn and make a ruling uh, making that clear. And so when it comes to the Dobbs v. Jackson case, they didn't go far enough. They should have found that the U.S. Constitution protects the unborn because the word person includes the unborn in the 15th, 5th and 14th Amendment. So that is the end game. So in the final minutes, I want to give you your marching orders, and that is this. What's starting to come into focus for us now in the pro-life movement is what the pro-abortion people are attempting to do uh, currently. And that is they've already been successful in defeating a constitutional amendment that would allow the state of Kansas to outlaw abortion. Uh, this was a defeat. Now, you can't look at it any other way. And this was really the first post-Roe test in a state where Kansas, the voters there, did not vote to protect the, or at least give the state legislature the ability to protect the unborn. So I think that the pro-abortion movement is looking towards this as a roadmap forward. And so the next battleground is the state of Michigan. And there's going to be a constitutional amendment put on the ballot on November 8th that will virtually legalize abortion up to the very moment of birth. It is an extreme law. Of course, abortion is extreme altogether, but allowing abortion up to the very moment of birth is extreme as they get. And that is what's going to be on the ballot in the state of Michigan, a referendum, if you will. And so we are gearing up to weigh in on that. Uh, and we will be working with our friends at Protect Life Michigan to uh, help with the door-to-door -door campaign deployments in different parts of the state. We'll also be using some of our assets, uh, which is displaying uh, billboard trucks with abortion victims on them, as well as airplane tow banners. We'll be doing uh, advocacy at college campuses and in public squares and downtown areas and so forth through the state uh, or through through in, in the state of Michigan through November 8th. So friends, if you want to get involved in this, then you need to get a hold of Protect Life Michigan. And Mr. Producer, if you would put that 
link up on the page. You will find it in my in the comment section of my posts on social media. But you can go there and you can volunteer to be part of these deployments in areas of in the state of, uh, of Michigan to go door to door to Republican and pro-life voters to get them to come to the polls on November 8th. So once again, that would be Protect Life Michigan. You can find the information on my social media sites as to where you can volunteer. And friends, this is the battle ahead as far as the legality of abortion. It is the constitutional limit. That is where they're headed, just as Roe versus Wade, the U.S. Supreme Court that made abortion and decriminalized it through a Supreme Court decision, they are going to try to do a similar thing either through the, U, the, the, the state Supreme Courts or through a constitutional amendment process in the state. So my concern is this. As we approach the 2024 presidential election that the Democrats are going to fund these types of campaigns to get out the vote in key battleground states like Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and so forth, and they may find some success here if we don't get our act together soon. So, friends, if you want to get involved in this campaign in Michigan, go to Protect Life Michigan's website. Again, you can find the information in the description of this program in, on my Facebook page and all my other social media platforms. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.